Good evening, everybody. Here we are on the 7th of November. In one week, seven days, how things can change. What we were on 1st or 31st of October, and today on the 7th, things are moving at such a rapid pace. It's so difficult to catch up with what's happening, but it's a battle that's going on in the spiritual realm for the hearts and the souls of people, and it will affect every one of us. Even if you choose to stay neutral, ultimately it will affect everyone. So I would request you, everyone who is listening, join the battle in your prayer closet. These battles are won on your knees. Elijah brought fire down from heaven. Just a simple prayer. But then to bring the rain down, he had to be on his face before God. And he did not rise until the hand of God, the servant saw in the horizon rising. So that's my exhortation today before we go into the Q&A. And uh, there are a lot of questions connected with the elections too. But don't give up. This is a battle. This is not about just about President Trump. This is a battle for the kingdom of God to be manifested on earth. The enemy will put everything that he has into this battle and the church will stand up in the gap and pray their way through. So before we start with a few questions, Pastor Vijay will lead us in prayer. Father, we just want to thank you, Father. We thank you, we thank you. Yes, Lord, you are the God who is unchanging. You are the same God yesterday, today and forever. And therefore, Lord, we come to you with all our questions, O Lord. Father, I pray, Lord, you would be our answer. Jesus will be the center of our lives. You will be our vision. You will be our hope. You will be our guide. And therefore, this evening, O Lord, anoint us with the Holy Spirit. And Lord, touch everyone who's tuned in and who listen in the days to come. I pray, Father, that you would, Lord, take all these answers and make it relevant to every situation, O Lord. Grant us the spirit of wisdom and revelation, and anoint us this evening, O Lord, Father. And let your name be glorified and exalted in everything that we do. We thank you, we praise you, for in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen, Amen, Amen. amen. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Yeah, we'll start, Pastor, with question number six. Um, it says, I understand that the grace of God is completely His. But is faith also a gift of God? If yes, then... People who do not believe in Jesus after they hear about him, what can they do if faith is a gift? I mean, it will be God's will to give that gift to, to, whos, to whomsoever he, he wants, right? So those who get that gift, they will believe in God. And those who don't, they remain the same. Okay, let's look at Ephesians 1.8 and Romans 12.3. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. So there are three things here mentioned. One is grace, one is faith, and the third is salvation. All three are gifts. Mm-hmm. All three are gifts. You can't earn your salvation. You can't earn grace. You can't earn, in this case, in the, the, in the, in this thing, the faith also. You can't earn it. Okay? And then, if you come to Romans 12 and verse 3, and then Romans 10, 17. For, uh, yeah. 
For I say through grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Okay, God has given everyone a measure of faith. In uh, Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay, there is a gift that is given, but there is a responsibility on mine and your side to receive it. That's where it comes. Faith comes. Okay, it comes. How does it come? It comes by hearing. So, two people can hear. One can choose. Because the choice is always there. God doesn't touch that, that, uh, what autonomy of an individual or free will to choose, to choose to believe. Okay? It is when a person, like we say, the simple thing is that, uh, everywhere Jesus went, he spoke to the same crowds, okay? But everybody didn't receive. Hmm. They all heard. Those who received, those who believed, they received their healing, their deliverance, whatever it was. And on the day of Pentecost, it is not that only 3,000 were there. It's not that only 3,000 heard. There were thousands of people heard. They all heard. Okay, They all heard. They also, 3,000 chose to receive it. Okay, it is not that as he chooses to give. Okay, then uh, of course my free will is not involved at all. My free will is involved when I choose to believe what I have heard and then act upon it. Act upon it. Okay, and that's where it comes. So you are not uh, exempt from it. Okay, I can give a gift. Today is Pastor Vijay's birthday. You can give him a gift, but he can refuse not to take it can refuse not to take. This is not similar to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, okay? That is post-salvation. This about the gift of salvation is that you look, you hear the gospel, you hear what God did for, or you can choose to reject it and go your religious way or choose to believe that there is no God. I don't want to accept any of these things. So, uh, And uh, when you choose to believe, uh, the gift starts working. But you can choose to disbelieve that's what Jesus says uh, when he went to Nazareth. He couldn't do anything. anything yes. And scripture says he was amazed at their unbelief. unbelief. Mm. He was amazed at their unbelief. Unbelief is also a choice. Mm. Belief is also a choice. Unbelief is also a choice. Okay, These are choices we make. And when we choose to believe, we receive the gift of faith through which grace comes and we are saved. Amen. Okay, Faith is the channel through which grace comes. Unbelief is the channel through which grace is blocked. It is the grace of God that saves us. And we have to continue to believe because grace can save us to the uttermost. That's the most simple way of explaining that. Yeah. Pastor 7 also is, I think, 7 and 9. The word says the wicked will be destroyed and perish. But weren't we all the same before Christ opened our eyes? Or is it like those wicked who do not turn to God even after his warning shall be punished? See, at uh, we, we, the term wicked is a little more complicated. If you look at Psalm 51, David says, we were all born in sin and shaped iniquity. So at that we are all common. Okay, It doesn't mean everyone who is born in sin and born in iniquity becomes wicked. Hmm. They all sin. But wickedness is a choice to go more and more and more and more evil. Okay, more and more evil. Then when it talks about it is that we were all the same before God opened our eyes. Okay, but after hearing the gospel, we can choose to reject it. Reject the gospel. 
Okay, the onus is on us to receive it or not. God doesn't force anybody into salvation. He doesn't force anybody into heaven. Okay, so what happens is that, what happens, the other side of it is also, it's like the Pharaoh, we have heard it over. When you constantly reject, our heart gets more and more hardened. Mm. Okay, hardened. Hardened to the goodness of God and open to the evil of the devil. Yes. Okay, it becomes open to the evil of the devil. It is, nobody stays neutral. Nobody stays neutral. When the hardening of heart takes place is what is happening is we are rejecting the only person who can turn us towards righteousness. That is the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Yes. Okay, that's mm. what happened to the children of Israel also. You know, they were rejecting the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. It's mm. the Holy Spirit who brings conviction. Mm. When there is no conviction, there is no conviction at all. What happens is we are not even aware. There's no remorse also about the evil that we are doing. Mm. Okay, the evil that we tend to think and to do because scripture says even in their bed, they are plotting evil for the next day. And there is no remorse at all because it's, 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 it's the Spirit of God is just gone. It's just gone. And you have a religious zeal like uh, Saul, okay? Mm. I mean, look at him. No, this is a man who was so mightily used by God in the beginning. Once his spirit leaves, he kills an entire town full of priests. Town full of priests. Okay, to the way he goes, to the level he goes. And David also, after Bathsheba, out of fear. And then you realize he comes back. He comes back, no? So that's what the Bible is talking about. Yes, we are the same, but we are not the same. We are not the same after we are saved. Mm. Question number nine says, what is the role of human will? Man has been given free choice by God. Mm. Yet in demon possession, you can you lose control over your will. So who is to blame, the man or the demon? When we are responsible for our actions, we can confess. But if demons are responsible, then why confess? Cast out of the demon, demon and the man will be free. Okay, <clears throat> there are many stages to this, okay? Demon possession doesn't take in one time, one, in one second or that. We are talking about demonization, demon harassment and demon possession. Demon possession is the last stage. Okay, it doesn't, uh, God doesn't allow that to like that, okay? So first thing we need to realize is that for the demons to take complete control, there is a man who made many choices. To many choices. Okay, where his, his, where his will is involved, where his will is involved. Okay, every man who is born is born with the knowledge of some knowledge as he grows up of good and evil, whatever religion you are in. And as you make your choices towards evil, the temptation is there. Like James chapter one is very clear. Each one is tempted, okay, right. tempted according to his own lust, mm. okay, and then the stage two is enticed, enticed, okay, he's enticed, okay, enticement itself also is not demon possession, okay, it is not still demon possession, it's a demon's pushing you, okay, because he, he the demons find that he's got a loophole over here, he can come in over here because, uh, no, there's a, de let us say there's a demon, there is lust and there is a demon of lust. So you have your lust desire and the demon also likes it. So there is an enticement. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's an enticement over there. Okay. And then what happens is you're still using your free will to go that way. Can always say no. 
can always so. I mean, there are a lot of righteous, not righteous in the sense of righteousness that comes from God. There are a lot of righteous people in the world. Okay, there are a lot of righteous people in the world in the sense of righteousness of religion. And they just say no. Jesus said no. So into those areas, uh, the demons are not able to get an opening into their lives. Not able to get into an opening into their lives. Okay, that does not mean they are saved. Okay, a lot of things of demonization can be stopped at the doorway itself by just saying no because of a knowledge of what is good and what is evil. Mm-hmm. And you cannot say people don't know what is good. Like any religious person or any person, even if an atheist, you can ask him, do you per se accept lying is good? They will say no. We accept it is not good. Okay, so then why do people lie? Why do Everybody lies, but everybody is not a liar. When you become a liar, something has happened. It has happened, okay? You realize something else is controlling you. Yes, yes, yes. Controlling you, okay? Lying is one thing. Becoming a liar is one thing. Stealing is one thing. Becoming a thief is one thing, okay? You could steal. But when you become a thief, that's become your lifestyle, and when your lifestyle has, style has become over it, you need to realize there's something more than that that is controlling you. There than controlling you. Hmm. Okay? So, we are talking about, and then you move into the level of denial. Okay? Um, scripture does not say that uh, Satan entered into Judas. Initial okay, stages. initial stages or mm-hmm. anything, but the scripture says after he denies his last chance, then okay, then Satan enters and he goes into darkness. He betrays Jesus. He comes and picks, points him out, and then he's already c- crossed that line. So the next thing the devil does it is that he takes him and uh, the spirit of suicide also gets in, the death also gets in, and he commits. Okay, so there are many, many, many stages over it. So you can't blame the devil. Can't blame the devil. When you reach over there, you need to realize there are many steps to where we reach there. Okay? In the man of gatherings. How did he reach there? Mm. How did he reach that point? How did he reach a point where he is living in the graveyard, where demon infested with demons, he is chained and he breaks the chain. So you know that. But he didn't reach there in one day. We don't know his history, but nobody reaches there in like people who have gone mental, this thing over there. They didn't reach there one day. They didn't reach there one day. They had a process through by which it and finally the mind snaps. Okay, and what does psychiatry do? They will put you in the mental hospital. They will uh, give you drugs. Uh, you are like a zombie sitting over there, but you are not free. <laughs> you are not free. You have a semblance of a normalcy, but you are not really free. Because, okay, what has happened is the medication is just keeping you from becoming violent. That is all. Take the medication off, the demons will start manifesting again. Mm. And you will go haywire over there. Okay, so you will look at, okay, you will look at and say, okay, it is starting, so give the medication. And you feel that's where the old time, which you say, where you get the term, it is uh, lunatic. Mm. It comes from lunar, which comes with the moon, mm. and which comes with the tides, because that was the ancient science that the, the, the tide used to rise, 
when the moon rises, along with the chemical imbalances also, like modern science, I'm using a term, the tide rises in your brain also, it starts pulling it up and you go instead. And actually it is demonic. That's why to the children of Israel, God gives the promise, the sun shall not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. Mm. Okay, you would have uh, daytime pagals and nighttime pagals also. So you, see, you don't worry about it because this is all demonic, the sun god and the moon god. Okay, mm. uh, so you had and all the rituals and all the crazy sacrifices which used to be taken to the sun god and this thing. We are not talking about religion, we are talking about the demonic side which is hidden from the religious man. Okay, so you are not exempt, you made your choices. You made your choices to the point, I mean, let us ask this question. Saul, who began with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, ends up before a witch. Did it happen in one day? Yes. Mm. No, it didn't happen in one day. There were so, so many, many chances you were given. So many mm. stages. He chose his way to the point where he is finally demonized. And he commits suicide. Mm. He commits. I'm not saying all suicides are demonic. I'm not saying that pushed over to that. Okay. I'm not, I'm going, not getting into that area at all because it's a very painful area. But in Saul's case, in Ahitophel's case, in Judas's case, you will see divinization where the demons take over completely and takes that man's life takes place at the end. Okay. So there is a series of human. So, uh, human will involved and choices involved. And our job is to teach people, don't go there. Don't go there. Okay, don't go to that point where what happens is your will itself is being twisted by the demons mm-hmm. and you like it. You like it. You have, you have gone onto that side. Okay, and ultimately the demons possess you and takes over. Okay. And the, the biggest danger that what has happened in these last days, in the last many, many years, 50, 60 years is that, you know, what Devil, devil realized, okay? That's why you have to realize the first thing God said is that you shall cast out demons. And the devil was very smart. The devil was very, very smart. He's very smart, okay? So what did he do? He used camouflage. Okay, what he did was that in the last 60 years, why has it so become so difficult? And even deliverance pastors are not able to cast out the demons is because he created altars. He created altars. He created altar personalities and filled the altar personalities with demons and hid the altar personalities inside the core. So you can't cast the demons out of the altar personalities unless the altar personality comes out. So what you see is the core personality. The core personality looks like he wears a three-piece suit and tie and they're all like smart people, educated and everything at all. But inside is the altar personalities, which are full of demons. And so what he does is that he uses the altar personalities when he needs to. In public, he uses the core and they're all congressmen and senators and Hollywood stars and everything and all. But they have the other personality. The other personality use. So what happens is the pastor says, uh, come out in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The altar doesn't move because you cannot cast an altar out. It is part of the same person. You can only cast a demon out. You can cast a demon out. This is the greatest deception he has done in the last days. The greatest decisions which pastors who do deliverance ministry do not understand. You do not understand. So they will try to cast when the altar is manifesting. They try to cast the altar. The altar won't go. How can a part of your soul go? It cannot go. It's part of you. <laughs> it cannot go. You know? So they are blocked over there. Most of them are blocked over there. And you know what? 
this is what is happening over there. So what do you do? You give them drugs. They give them drugs. And when the court is speaking, the court speaks biblical language. Very nice, everything and all, there's nothing. You know, I know I believe, I go to church and this thing and all that. Then why are you acting like this? Why is, no, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, why are you not able to cast the demons out? It's because it's packaged differently. You cannot cast the demons out until you have dealt with the altar. You have to get the altar out. You have to get the demons out of the altar. Altar, A-L-T, E-R, not A-L-T-A-R. And you know, Mr. Mr. this was there in the old days also. Mr. One of the most famous was uh, R.L. Stevenson's, if I'm right, Mr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yes, Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, Mr. Yes. Jekyll and Hyde. In daytime, he's one. At night, he's one. He has two personalities. And they call it personality disorder. Yeah. It's not a personality disorder. This uh, psychiatry cannot handle it. It cannot handle it. Psychiatry will only give you drugs and keep you like a zombie calm. This is something that has to be handled under the anointing. But under the anointing, the person has to accept. I have a personality disorder. I have multiple personalities. And pastors need to know how to handle it by bringing that personality out and casting the demons from that personality. It is not easy. It is easy like Jesus and the apostles did when you have only one person with demons. It's very easy. Out in the name of Jesus, I have done both. It's very easy with the first case. Very easy. It will take you just a few hours. With the second one, it is a battle to get that personality out. That fellow, the minute he sees you, he goes back inside. He won't come out. He won't come out at all. He won't come out. At all, he won't come out. He knows you are there, he won't come out at all. He won't come out at all. You have to get that fellow out and keep him out and uh, cast the demons out. The problem is the minute he sees you, goes in and the core is manifest. And the core is, if the core is weak, it's very little you can do. Honestly, I'm telling you, if the core is strong, Hmm. the core is strong, it's easier to handle. You tell the core, you go inside, let the other fellow come out. But if the core is weak and the altar is strong, it's very difficult because the altar will not come out. He will tell you, go out. I'm not coming out. I'm not coming out. So you're not dealing just with the demonic. You're dealing with the split personality. With the split personality. And, the split, the core. and if the core is absolutely into deception, he will say, everything is okay with me. I have no issues. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm okay. And you can't deliver them. Hmm. You can't deliver them until they come to that point where they are willing to be delivered and the altar has to be found out and the demons have to be cast out and the altars have to be integrated and the person becomes whole okay this is something that is more modern this was not there in the ancient days this was not there so much there in the ancient days of split personalities this is something which is more more of 20 21st century phenomenon yes pastor vijay Pastor, now we'll get into the questions which are, I think, in everybody's hearts. So we'll <laughs> look at question number 10 onwards. Okay. It says, are we in the last days? We are living in crazy times. How many more years do we have? The last days began the day when <laughs> Jesus rose from the dead. We began the last days. Like we have to look at two different things about the concept about last days. Can we go to Peter where Peter says, a day is like a thousand years to God. You have to look at two different perspectives about the last Second days. Peter chapter 3, verses 5, 6, okay. 7. Okay, this thing. Okay, so 
we are talking about two different concepts about days, a human concept and a divine concept. Okay, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years, and thousand years as one day. So, God's time frame is different from us, because God lives outside time. A thousand years is like only one day for Him. Not even like a one day for Him, okay? But for us, a day can be like a thousand years. Okay, so our concept about time is different. So you know two days and three days. Two thousand, two thousand years, two millennium is two days. On the third day is when he is coming. It's not a fixed thing because the Bible talks about also hastening the coming of the Lord and also talking about the delaying of the bridegroom. Both is there, the bridegroom delayed. Okay, so both are can be there. And why you'll say, we will say, Lord, come fast, please, Lord, it's too bad. And there is, God is looking, it's, it's, but there are so many who have not got it. Remember, even in heaven, there is a cry saying, how long, oh, Lord? He says, just be a little patient. The fullness of number, okay? We are looking in our temporal realm and saying, Lord, I can't handle it anymore. But there are a lot of people who are not saved yet. And God doesn't want them to go to hell. Okay? He doesn't want them to go to hell. So there is this, this is struggle between these people who are saved waiting for, uh, you know, it is like the one who has studied very well waiting for the exams and the ones who haven't studied who are waiting for the postponing of the exams. Okay, and you will always see the larger group is the one who wants to postpone. <laughs> because how many have studied for the exam and absolutely confident this thing, he just wants to finish it off and waiting for the results so that he can move to the next level. But the problem is the fact is that most of the kids have been studied. So whenever they look at them, oh, exams have been postponed. Now let me tell you honestly, this pandemic happened and a uh, lot of people got uh, A. But the fellow who actually studied is very upset. Mm-hmm. He's very upset. He says, I slogged and I also get an A. This fellow didn't got slog. He also got an A. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's got an A. Now we are talking, we're not talking about salvation. We are talking about rewards and crowns and everything and all. Okay. So you have to talk about, are we, it's so. Then we are looking at, are we in the last of the last days? Uh, definitely. We are moving. We are moving towards that. I do not know how much time. I mean, it's not for mine. How many years do we have? Even when Jesus walking on earth, he himself did not know. He mm-hmm. said that day and that hour, no man knows. Only the Father. The Father has said it. It's not that the Holy Spirit doesn't know or the Jesus does not know now. Then he was in the flesh. He emptied himself of all that. So he only knew what the Father revealed to him. He chose to become <laughs> like one of us. Like if the Father doesn't reveal, we do not know. And this is something the Father is not going to reveal to any prophet about which day he is going to come. That's very clear in the Bible. Mm. We, don't know. we can read the signs and everything and all, and we see the signs. There is an unbelievable hostility towards Christ and 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 the church, the mm. believing, actual believing church, not all the church, the believing. There's an unbelievable hatred and hostility, which is not even normal. And a lot of things which we look at it. And uh, we are living in crazy times. The only answer to crazy times is faith, genuine faith. The only way we will fight this out is the fight of faith. It, the fight of faith, uh, to overcome, when we say overcome, please understand. When you use the over, like, let's go to Revelation 12 and verse 11. Okay. Now, 
they overcame him, that is the devil, by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony. We like that one and two. <laughs> but that is not just the key. The key is the third factor. They did not love their lives to the death. To the death. Okay? If you love your lives, you will lose this battle. Lose your life. If you are trying to say, if you, Jesus said, if anyone save, tries to save his life, he will lose, lose it. it. He'll lose it. But if you are willing to lose your life, you will save it. Meaning you don't love this life. Meaning, because this is the ultimate thing. How much do you love your life? Are you willing to lose your life for what you believe is true? That you believe in Christ, the kingdom, the kingdom that is coming. Ultimately, how much do you believe? That is the thing, no? This is a faith that overcomes. A faith that overcomes, okay? And this is something which you have to make up your mind very, very early. Very, very early and be prepared. We are not, we are not fatalistic or anything, but that's a call we made very early. And this is the call which the disciples struggled with. Because when Jesus started speaking about the cross, they all started fumbling. Why do you have to go to the cross, Lord? And Jesus said, rebuked Peter also. But ultimately they all decided, let us go with him and die mm-hmm. also. But when it actually came to that point, they ran away. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to make a declaration and a proclamation and act another thing to actually face it. Mm. But I understand they did not have the born-again experience. They did not have the filling of the Holy Spirit. But once that happened, nobody backed away from death. Nobody backed away. I mean, they were given a choice, recant or die. They said, we'll die. I'm not saying everybody will go to that. But we should be willing. And to the church in Pergamum, right? That's what he says. He said, be faithful unto death. Be faithful unto death. So that is something which we have to prepare because it's happening through the ages. It has, it's happening today at all. If you ask the believer in China, the believer in Korea, the believers in many parts of India, Iran, all these places, Muslim world and all Nigeria, right? One side of Nigeria is safe. Other side of Nigeria to be a Christian, there is, you could die anytime. Okay, so that's a choice you make. But is it to escape? Is it easy to escape that death? Yes. It's easy to escape. A Muslim mob is attacking you. You say, become Muslim? Yeah, I become Muslim. It's over. Hindu mob is asking, bow down to this thing. Bow down. Buddhist mob in Sri Lanka attacking. Bow down. Bow down. It's over. It's finished. It's very easy. It's very easy. It's not difficult to escape that death. It's very easy. All you have to do is belong to the mob. Hmm. Just turn around and join the mob. And it's over. But if you stand and you stand alone, you will die. You will get attacked. You will die. Ultimately, you will die. And that's what the Bible is talking about. Don't love your lives. If you love this life and anything connected with this life, that's why Jesus said, if any man loves his father, mother, wife, children, or his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Because the ultimate price the disciple is willing to pay is his life. That is the call of discipleship. Does everybody has to? There are two things you are asked to do. One, you are asked to live for Christ. Second thing, you are asked to die for Christ, mm-hmm. if it comes to that. Both are important. There are a lot of people who are willing to die for Christ and not willing to live for Christ. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They are willing to die for Christ, but they won't live for Christ. Both are equally difficult. Mm-hmm. Okay, To live for Christ on a day-to-day basis is very difficult. It's not easy. You have to need the Holy Spirit to live that. And then to die for Christ when the eventuality comes also is difficult. Mm. Okay, So we are not taking. Some people are called to live for Christ. And it's a daily struggle. Some people are called to die for Christ. Okay, And both is equal. Equally important. You are not negating one without the other. No? It's not a martyr complex. Mm-hmm. Everybody is not called to be a martyr. 
but everybody is called to be a martyr. When you are dying for living for Christ, you are actually dying to self. So it is carrying the cross is a martyr. You are carrying your cross daily. So every day you are called to be a martyr. Some people are actually die the death of a martyr eventually. Everybody is not called. Many people will die peacefully in their life, but if you look in their lives, they die to self every day. So both are there. And God has never given us any sign or anybody who sets a date is a fool because God doesn't set a gift, does not give that date to anybody. Okay, so all this prophetic which will say he will come in 2021, 2022 and all, forget them. It's not there. The Bible is very clear. Nobody knows that date. But we can read the signs. It is getting closer and closer and closer and closer. The falling away is a sign. The Another side, the church getting stronger is a sign. All these are signs. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Why did God allow President Trump to go through this and we are all baffled? Okay, there are many con- this many questions, questions connected, connected with that. that. We will read all that together. Yes, you right? said it's question number three also. Two so. and three. Yes. Why do people prophesy oh. when it does not come to pass? Why don't they say they are wrong? Or why don't they just shut their mouth? <laughs> it makes it difficult for non-believers to actually trust in God. Also, the weaker vessel, do you have some? This all connected with the elections, okay? You said in your one of your sermons, sermons that you believe he will win. You also said you believe it was or is part of God's plan. Then why is God taking us through the ringer? Thus, this have to do with faith. Explain, please. Okay. Now, I, I was very, very clear about it. I always say I'm not a prophet. I'm not a prophet. Okay. I'm not a prophet. And I always said it's on a knife edge. If he wins, we get time, more mercy, more grace. If he does not, then prepare for real, real bad times. Then, the prophetic, okay? There are a lot of people who prophesied. I'm not calling them any one of them false or anything. Okay? I'm not calling any prophet prophet. It's not my, my call to say they were wrong. There are a lot of people who prophesied. But remember about prophecies in things like this. You have to understand. Israel asked for a king. Israel asked for a king. And God gave them a king. Okay, okay. Now, this is not a king. This is somebody who comes through a process where people elect him. So there is a prophecy. There can be a prophecy that he will get four years. But this prophecy does not overrule the will of the people. Mm. Then God is also part of the fraud. Mm -hmm, mm He is also harvesting the ballots. He won't do that. Mm -hmm. Okay, There is a process. Okay, Whether we like it or not, a democratic process is something which the people chose. In a democracy, the people chose. So there are ballots involved over there. Okay. Now when ballots are involved, there are many parts of it. Okay. There's one side, the will of the people is involved. Okay. The will of the involved. Now let us look at around ultimate figures. We don't know. 72 million voted for Biden. (coughs) How many of the alleged, illegit? Forget the illegit part of it. Do you really believe, let's say 2 million or 3 million are illegitimate votes, fraud, whatever. Do you actually believe 70 million, all of them are non-Christians? No. No, they're not Christians. Many of the Bible-going Christians. So the question to ask is that, why did they vote for Biden? On what grounds did they vote on Biden? There are two personalities, and let us say they don't like Trump. Understand his personality, you don't like. What is there to like about Biden? If you're talking about personalities, what is there to like about Biden? 
Let us be honest. Let's be absolutely honest about it. They picked a lot of things about Trump from his past last election, which happened 12 years, 13 years about immorality and all that. We don't know whether it is a fact or not. True. But okay, let's give him the benefit of doubt, whichever way you want to give it. Let's talk about Biden. Right? Talk about Biden. Biden's wife died in an accident. And then he married Jill. Okay? Jill's husband has come out publicly stated that she was having an affair with him when she was married to him. So you want to put it both? Both are on the same boat. Right? Okay. But the media covered this and exposes this. Both are on. Trump, all those years and all, never claimed to be a Christian at all. This guy claims to be a believing Catholic. Okay? Let's be, let's be absolutely open about it. If you're talking about personalities, we're talking about personalities. They're upset by his words and tweets. He has called the black man a nigger many times openly and very openly he has condemned the black race. Okay? So you're okay with this, you're not okay with this. So let's put the personalities aside mm. and look at the platform on which two sides yes. are standing. We have to look at the platform. The platform never has been as clear as light and darkness, yes. day and night, yes. like before. One side is absolutely, totally hostile to Christ and Christianity. Absolutely open. Very clear about it. And the platform is also very, very clear. They are Pro-choice, absolutely, virulently abortion, for abortion, down to the time of birth. Platform is very, very clear. Everything they are talking about is against the word of God. We should look at everything. And this side, the platform is, everything they are standing is for what the word of God, the principles of the kingdom stands for. So how did you make your choice? Did God say that I will give you four more years? And what did the people choose? What did the people choose? The question is, what is the people choose? Which way are the people? I'm not talking about the non-atheists and the non I'm talking about the believing Christians. Believing Christians. What did they choose? Okay, The believing, Bible-going Christians. Right? What did they choose? You're looking at the two platforms. And when you know that if the other man wins and he becomes the president and uh, the Congress also, they win. The Senate, of course, is there. They can block many things, but they cannot block lots of things. By executive orders, they can change stuff which becomes, life becomes difficult for the believer and the church. And they are already saying it. I mean, they are open about their hatred. Like now, one side, one side, the Democrat side, now absolutely gung-ho that they are going to win. They believe they are going to win. They said, we have to go against, um, have a list of every Trumper. And see they are dismissed, fired, cancelled. They never hold a job again anywhere. I mean, is this a democracy or is this a Soviet Union type of government you are talking about? This is supposed to be the most free democracy where anybody can have an opinion, right? Now what has happened on this side? You can't even have an opinion. If you have an opinion which contradicts things, we are coming after you. But on the conservative side, even if you have an opinion, we don't come after you. Mm-hmm. In fact, we fight for the right we, to have you, your opinion. F- yeah, the conservatives always fight for your, your right, right to have your opinion. opinion. Mm. So you have to look at all this thing. Yes, there is a prophecy. But does that, I mean, if you look at any, let's say, Daniel was reading the prophecy of Jeremiah. And he reads the prophecy, oh, 70 years are off. Hello, get my uh, uh, my armchair. I'm going to sit in my recliner. Because prophecy has come, 70 years are off. 
Why did he fast and pray? Did he realize that there is a human part also for for the prophecy to come to pass? It affects you. Okay, you look at all of no. The angel comes. When he was prophesying, mm-hmm. when he was mm-hmm. fasting and praying, also he realized that the battle was so strong the in battle, the Middle East. A ba- that's what we are seeing. Don't you see that it's a spiritual battle, battle, battle taking place over America? Election was over on third. Today is the seventh. Why are small states still there sitting there and counting like the gambler counts his cards? What are they sitting there and doing? What is happening there? Why is there is no transparency? Why they don't want anybody to see? Okay, okay. Let me say, like you know, 140 million or plus voted. Million ballots were 100 million. So on the last day, 40 million voted. The pandemic didn't stop anybody. So why did you create this whole hangama? If 40 to 50 million people stood in the line and voted, the rest also could have voted. Why did you create this whole thing about mail-in ballots is my question. Why did you create this? Okay. But was it constitutional to have a mail-in ballot? You can. I mean, a lot of things, I mean, a lot of things are unconstitutional what happened in Pennsylvania and Georgia and all are lot unconstitutional because these laws can be passed only according to, let's say, Pennsylvania. According to Pennsylvania Constitution, this law can be passed only by the state legislature. But this was done by executive order by the governor. governor. That's why it will go up to the Supreme Court and it may be struck down. That mail-in ballots can come for after three days, seven days after that and all. You can, you don't have the right. Actually, legally speaking, it has to be made by the law, by the state legislature. So if it goes to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court, all these justices are men and women. No, they are human beings. How they will react to the spiritual struggle, we do not know. But if you go by law, they should strike it down that after 8 p.m. or something, after um, number third, nothing should be counted. Nothing that came in after that should be counted. So if you go by 8 p.m., Trump was leading by two or three hundred or four hundred thousand votes. So he should be declared the winner in Pennsylvania. Georgia also the same situation. Even Michigan. Michigan also. Michigan. There are a lot of laws you have to realize how it is. But the problem is the judges sitting there are also Democrats. You think about, let's think about a situation, okay? We look at the political side and the spiritual side about it. Imagine one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of us are sitting over. This is a polling counting center, okay? And I has, the county authority has selected eight people to count the votes. And who are we eight? We eight are Democrats sitting there and counting. No observers are allowed to come to see that it is fair. And if an observer is finally allowed by the court, you have to stand 15 feet away. What can you see from 15 feet away? And all of us belong to one party. It has happened in this country, keeps on happening in this country too. Right? And you are talking about transparency and fairness. Nobody even knows what ballot is, what is being counted, how it is being counted, nothing. Like let us say about Michigan. Okay, in one county, I'm just giving you facts which the newspapers don't report because they are suppressing everything for one party. In one county, by a glitch, 7,000 votes which was meant for Trump went to Biden. Okay, so that county clerk came out and this thing it it is the software made a glitch and this okay 7,000 or 6,000 or 7,000 votes okay went and she said 47 other counties are using the same software. Now seven for you look let's say 50,000. Or 50. 50 into 6,000 is how much? If the same error was made, is how much? 300,000 300, votes. That's a decider. 
Okay. Hmm. So if the same glitch has happened in all these counties and 30 or 40 states use the same software. Let us give the benefit of doubt it could have gone to this side or that side. Isn't it your God-given, law-given duty to see, to check that this glitch hasn't happened everywhere? Why is everybody trying to hurry to rush this off and cover this up? Because what you want is that there should be no question. I mean, for four years they talked about the Russian hawks, Russia, 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 mm-hmm. Russia, Russia, mm-hmm. or oh, Russia. Now, how I, how come now that Biden is suddenly leading, okay, at 3 a.m. at Michigan or some of, some one of those places, 3 a.m., Trump was leading. At 3 or 3.55 a.m., suddenly one huge bunch of votes came in. It was this thing. And when everybody woke up, Biden is leading. So who tabulated it? Hmm. Who entered into the system? How did this happen? And how is the media suppressing all it? Okay. And Trump's questions the tweet. Twitter is blocking his tweets. If you looked at that, you can look at Trump's tweets. It is blocked by Twitter. So you know what happened. I'll give you an example of something somebody said. A tree fell in the, in the forest. A tree fell in the forest. Okay. But you didn't hear the sound. Because you were in there. Would you know the tree has fallen? No. This is exactly what is happening. The entire deep state is using the media and suppressing the news. So the people does not even know what is happening. It's happening. Let me ask you this question. In India, let us look at in India. Who declares the winner? The election commission yes. of India, right? How come the media declares a winner? Who is the media to declare a winner? Yeah, suddenly Arizona was called by the Fox, Fox News. Yeah. Who declares a winner? Hmm. Just because the media declares a winner, he has to concede. The media doesn't declare a winner. The winner is declared by the election commission. Okay, whatever board it is. And ultimately, if it is being contested, it has to be cleared ultimately by the Supreme Court or whatever courts and then only. Why is they creating this pressure and this atmosphere upon him to... And you have to see the kind of news. If he doesn't concede, then you have to send in the army to escort him out of the White House. He has to remit office only on June 19th. The next president is only declared, swears is on January 20th, meaning till January 20th, he still is the president of the United States of America with all the powers. Exactly. You know, what day is today? November the 7th. How many months are left? Two and a half months are left. You know what the narrative it is? He's already illegitimate. Move him out of the White House. So what do you see behind all this? Did anybody, when he won four years ago, did anybody say move Barack Obama out? Nobody said. They were already saying he was illegitimate when he won four years ago. Okay, four years ago. Okay, this is where you have to see the political side of the entire drama that is happening, the spiritual side. The other side to ask is that he is a real estate billionaire from Queens, New York. He was a Democrat. He gave money to everybody, to Hillary campaign. All these people, he has given money. He has a happy goal. That's why we say he's not a racist because if you're from Queens, New York, you can't be a racist mm-hmm. because every color they eat and I mean, he doesn't drink. Okay, Other than that, they are all okay with blacks and white. Herschel Walker is one of his best friends and everything. He was into everything. So he's, no, he's a neutral kind of a person. And, but he always loved his country. That was the difference. He was not a believer, but he was a patriot. He mm. always loved America. He was a true patriot. He loved America. So he was always mad about what is happening. Let's look at the big picture. He wins. Once he wins, there are two things which make them mad. 
one thing is that he stood for the whatever the church stands for hmm. and he stood for israel <coughs> that caused a demonic hatred demonic hatred he wouldn't compromise on these things and third thing he wanted to do was that he actually meant what he said i want to make america great again he actually meant it all the others it was just platitudes but he actually wanted to see that when he said i want to make america great again he meant all americans including the blacks the hispanics the minorities everybody and he actually did it he actually did it before the pandemic came in the latest job job report also it's come it's it's still no not 33 last week's this thing came six last week's job this thing another 6000 600000 people have got jobs Every nation people are all locked in and no jobs at all. This guy is it's because he understands mass market principles. All the others before him were just using the people and fooling the people because it is a military, medical, industry complex. Billions and billions and billions, and this money was just disappearing. Okay, and he is the first guy who comes and says, "This is not fair." First question he asks is, "Why should America's young boys go and die in battlefields which are ten thousand, fifteen thousand miles away, which has no? I mean, why should my my boys die? <coughs> Bring them back. Stop the wars. Okay, can you stop the wars? The, the, all the experts said you cannot, but he did. Let's say, okay, every president promised they would ship the capital of Jerusalem. Or they were said, if you shift it, there will be all oh, whole Middle East will go down in flames. He shifted. Did anything happen?" Nothing happened. Nothing happened, right? Obama drew many, many, many red lines that if Syrian Russians cross or Syrians cross, this is what I will do. He did nothing. Okay, ISIS had taken over a territory which was as big as Iraq. As soon as he came in, it's a political decision. There are two things about politics you need to understand. First, the political leader has to make a decision and then give the freedom to the army to execute it. Don't pull strings from here. So he took a political decision, handed it over to the army. They have finished ISIS off. Okay, he withdrew the American forces from Iraq and just said 150, 200 are enough. That's all. That is enough. Withdrew them. They said no, don't withdraw. If you withdraw, the whole Middle East will go. Nothing happened. nothing happened he said this turk turks and the syrians have been fighting for the past 4000 years cyrus and nebuchadnezzar <laughs> this is the same history he said why should we go put our head in there let them keep fighting if they don't want peace why should we fight for them but as soon as he withdrew did anything happen nothing happened that 150 american soldiers are enough not to see the russians don't cross the line or the turks cross the line that's enough because you don't see he's a smart man and they hate him because if you don't have words where do you make your money america's budget is like you know selling 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 this all this over the blood of innocent young boys and these boys are all christian boys from the rural side these are not city boys mm. which are not the democrats the ones who are dying are republican boys simple innocent from the countryside all they are the ones who will sing song of elijah and all and you will see they sing the city boys don't sing these songs don't you join the army you don't join the army they join the army okay so you need to understand he is fundamentally he is changing the whole dimension of america changing the dimension pharmaceutical everything so he says bring the prices down why do you need so much medication what is this whole thing about this is a huge hoax huge hoax okay pandemic came in 
stimulus bill was given. If somebody has uh, is dying of this thing, you get $3,000 extra. If you have a ventilator, you got $10,000 extra. Medicare will give you. So isn't it better to certify the person has corona? Oh, no, we don't. Really? Why are you meaning all these doctors ah. and nurses and every hospital are upright, righteous men walking with God? Come on. They're all eating that money of left, right and center. That is why you have that level of 200,000, 300,000, 225,000 dying of COVID because the hospitals are making money out of this thing. But actually, who's paying for it? The taxpayer. The stimulus bill and all, everything, ultimately you will be taxed exactly. for it. Exactly. <laughs> It's not free. Paying, nothing is free. free. <laughs> nothing is free. free yeah. Okay? So you have to look at it. When he says that, immediately Twitter blocks it. Nothing. See, if the news media, this is what happens in China and all, people believe what the government tells you because the government controls the media in India too. The media is ultimately controlled by the government now. You hear, you know what they tell you. Who is reading the Hindu newspaper? Does anybody read the Hindu newspaper in India? No. Nobody reads it. A few English-speaking leftists read it and say they think, but that is also leftist land. Mm. So whoever controls what you hear controls what you believe. Mm -hmm. What you believe. Okay. So this is what is happening over the whole thing over here. They want to remove him. Who wants to remove him? Not just the Democrats. The Republicans too. Mm. Because if he's sitting on the chair, they can't make their money. They can't make their money. Because he's one guy who doesn't want money. <laughs> he's made enough money. He's got enough money. He doesn't money. He doesn't need a name because he has a name before he came here. They hate him because they cannot buy him. He's the first politician, probably after George Washington and Abraham Lincoln, who cannot be bought. I'm giving you only three names. George Washington, who could have, he could have become king. They wanted to make him king. He left after the first term, if my memory is right. Second one was Abraham Lincoln. And the third one is this man. You can't buy him. So if you can't buy him, then finish him off. Get him out. Why? One way or other. That's the politics that is happening. The second side is the church's side. The church has to pray this through. Has to pray. It's a spiritual... Oh, we heard a prophecy. Cool. He will get photo. Who's God said? Why didn't you pray? That's why they shut the churches down. One of the fundamental reasons, I mean, to shut churches down in America is not a small thing, in a land of liberty. Why were they so insistent on keeping the abortion clinics open as essential services and keep the church shut saying it is not essential because they didn't want the preaching of the word to go out because if people, because people, most Christians get their news from their pastors. And if the pastors were to talk about values on which to vote, they knew it was dangerous. They knew it was dangerous. So they shut the churches down. They shut the churches down. So you have to look at all of it. Did God go, go wrong? No. They didn't go wrong. The battle is not over yet. Don't give up. You can't give up. You have to fight. Let me tell you personally. Till November 3rd, we fasted. As a church, we fasted. We fasted one meal. We are fasting for U.S. We are fasting for the church in U.S., the nation, and President Trump, because we know it affected. But after November 3rd, what happened? I'm fasting two meals now. Until there's a resolution in the Supreme Court. Because it affects God's people. It's not about President Trump. If he doesn't win, what happens to him? He'll go to Ireland and play golf for the rest of his life. What happens to us, the church? What happens to him? He'll be upset and this thing and for a season, but time heals everything. But spiritually things won't be the same. No. The church will pay a very, very huge heavy price. price. Huge price it will pay. 
And I don't believe much of the church is even prepared to handle what is coming. So we have a, we are duty bound to fast and pray even more. Even more. We are duty bound. It's our duty. If you are a body, a part of the body of Christ, it will affect everybody. Even in underground churches in China, it will affect them because these people will kill them without any of this thing at all. Who is there to speak for you? As I keep asking, give me one political leader in the entire world who will speak for Christians and they are persecuted. Let me tell you, there's nobody. Nobody who will speak for you. Nobody will speak for you. He's the only person. Therefore, we pray for him. We pray for him. We pray. And when you talk about prophecy, yes, prophecies are there. I, st- I still believe it was God's will, meaning it's God's will in the sense, can we change God's will? I'm not saying it is absolute will. When people's will are also, let me ask you this question. Is God's will for everybody to be saved? Yes. Will everybody be saved? No. No. Why? Because man's will is sin. It's God's will that everybody should walk healthy because kite prays the praise. Is everybody walking healthy? No. 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 Is God's will that you should not lack? Yes. Mm-hmm. Does people lack? Yes. I'm talking about believers. Yes. Mm-hmm. You look at everything good, it is God's will for you. But where do we go wrong? The will of man to believe, faith and prayer. Some things all you need is faith. But some things faith is not enough. You have to pray it to pass. You have to pray. Let me ask you this question. I give you the promised land. You the pro- mm-hmm. promised land was mm-hmm. every place your sole of your foot treads mm-hmm. is given to you. So that does, does that mean Joshua just had to walk? No. Why does he have to fight? Why do you have to fight for what is given? Think about it. Why do you have to fight for things that's already given? God has given. I don't have to do things. I just have to sit. It will just come to me. God says, no, that's your part. I've given to you. You fight for it and possess it. I believe God had given him four more years. He's done everything. I don't think any politician of his age has done what he has done. To the last day, to the last hour, Early morning till one thirty. The other guy has done nothing. The other guy did nothing. nothing. He had the, the whole media the... covering up for him. Okay, and the ballot harvesting. I, I believe it is huge. That's why I pray expose, expose. I think that massive fraud has been done. Massive fraud has been done. But if God has to overrule all of it, the church has to get on its knees and pray it through. Why would you want to give something to a lazy set of people? Yes. That guy. No, no, I'm not talking about Biden. I'm talking about the church. I'm not even talking about him. I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about the church. Would you give? God is the one who said he who does not work should not eat. Hmm? Why should he give a sleepy, lazy church? What are they going to do if he wins? Are they going so, to preach the gospel? What are they going to do? <laughs> what are they going to do? I, 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 used to, I tell my wife very clearly. I said half the people who are rooting for Trump are not rooting for the church. They are rooting for the life they like. <laughs> Eat, drink and be merry. These are the ones who come in these huge SUVs with the beer portal and high Trump. Okay, They are the ones during the pandemic used to have these big parties. Okay, When they are talking about the American lifestyle, it is not talking about the biblical lifestyle. So half the crowd who voted for Trump <laughs> is not for the liberty to preach the gospel. It is the liberty to live a Bohemian lifestyle. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so don't mistake the crowd also. Okay, don't mistake the crowd also. Okay, so we are rooting for God's kingdom. We are not rooting for the American dream. Okay, we are not rooting for that. We are rooting for God's kingdom. And he stood for the God's kingdom. Okay, and he stood for Israel. And therefore, Israel. In Israel, I'm not even rooting for the Israel that is over there now. I'm talking to talking about the biblical promises of Israel to come to pass. A remnant will be saved. Yes, yes. Okay, don't agree. That bunch of Israelites and the Democrats are the same. They are after Benjamin Matthew. The same set of people are there. They are like twin brothers. Okay, so don't have these false feelings and emotions for Israel and wave David's flag and all that. Joshua, don't do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Okay, <laughs> no? So don't. Seventy uh, percent uh, of the Jews still voted for Biden. Though Biden is the worst president Israel could get, he would be so anti. He may even mess up the whole peace accords which they have made with the Israel Arab nation. So don't get this emotional. This thing is spiritual. It's an absolute. We are fighting a battle on God's side. Like now, we have to pick sides. We picked. We didn't pick Trump. We picked God. Trump picked to be on the right side. Mm. If Trump had picked to be on the other side, you would have prayed him out too. So don't get it wrong. Don't get it wrong. Why we love Trump is he's the first, he's the most pro-life president in US history. Which is interesting. It's interesting. From 1970s, Roe versus Wade has come. He's the most pro-life president. In U.S. history, and that's why I like his policies. Most pro-life and pro-worship for all religions. You pre do what you have to do. Don't restrict them. He's pro freedom of worship, freedom of speech. He's fighting for the things which the church should fight for. So why are you opposing him? Is my question because you listen to all the junk the media talked about? No. So. That is, but prophecy, when you talk about it, prophecies are there. Prophecies just don't come to pass. I've heard, I've had prophecies over my life and I am preparing myself to receive it. Okay, preparing myself to receive it. I, you want, I want to be a noble vessel in God's hand. What does God say? Cleanse yourself. He's not saying I will take you to the dry cleaner. He says you cleanse yourself. He says, I, you cleanse yourself and I will fill you and use you. No, prophecies are there. My question, I, that's what I said, I will never blame President Trump. I blame his tweets. Not tweets, the words he uses. But then I don't judge him by my own standard. He is not a regular believer. He doesn't know the word. Doesn't know the word. So how do you judge him based on our standards which we preach to the people who are in the church? Okay, like I said, if he had been very careful about the words he used in describing women, he would have got probably a couple of more million votes from the suburban women. It would have made a whole lot of difference. Okay, but uh, you can't say he hates women because he married three times. <laughs> okay, you can't say he hates women because he married three times. And second thing, he will, any woman who was talented, he always hired them. He had no issues with them. He looked for talent and hard work. So women was never an issue. If you were hardworking and talented, he hired them immediately. And so he had no, so all those things are junk which I talk about him. Because that's the way he talks. The way he talks. Okay, that's the way he talks. Okay. So 
that's how I look at it. And I believe the war is not over. Don't give up. It's not over until God says it is over. Okay, that's when I will stop praying. When God says it is over, it will be decided by ultimately at some level, Supreme Court or whatever court, it will say it is over. There is no more. Then we stop praying. We accept Lord. It's God's will. Your perfect will not happen. We'll move to the next one, the permissive will. Even in permissive will, for those who fought for the perfect will, he will cover them. Amen. That's why we have to fight. If you are neutral in a time like this, then when the trouble comes, don't expect God to cover you. Don't expect cover you. Remember the two, God and this thing? You know what Moses told them? You want to be on that side? That's your call. But cross over to that, fight for your brothers and come here. Otherwise, your sin will find you. This is the hour of battle. And I know what, you know what? I would rather die on the right side. On the right side than to be found neutral at a time like this. That is what Richard Bonhoeffer said. He was given that choice. He said, no. If after everything is over and the Nazis are defeated, I go over there. I have no voice. This is a time I need to fight. Okay. So whether Trump wins or loses is not my issue. I know what the issue is. And at this time, I will not be silent. I may lose. If he loses, I may lose a lot of stuff and hatred and virulent and mockery. I'm okay. I'm okay with it. No, These are things which we decided on before Trump came into the picture on which side we will always be. We'll be always be. You know, so we don't, uh, we are not afraid to speak for what what is right. I don't condone all his actions or all his words, but I look at his policy and I say, I wish we had a political leader as, like as, him. As, as a believer, there's no choice that we take, we can be neutral because Jesus yeah. himself says, those who don't gather with me will scatter. Scatter. No? Not with three We're bits, looking at policies. Yes, exactly. Policies. No, and always I looked at policies. when I may say, you see, the same thing happened in the year 2000. In the year 2000, when George Bush, the election, George Bush, you know, it took 36 days for it to be resolved, and it was resolved finally at the Supreme Court. Okay, and then he was declared. Okay, remember? Yeah. Now, 20 years, the millennium started with a battle. And for all said about George Bush and all, okay, for sudden then, he was also a pro-life person. Yes. He was a pro-life person. Okay, 9-11 happened under his watch, and I'm not standing with him, but... At that time, I looked at his policy. I looked at his policy. 20 years later, a new decade has begun. We are seeing the same battle that took 36 days to resolve Al, um, Bush versus Al Gore. And the court decided and said, stop the counting. Stop the counting. Okay, It was decided in Florida 20 years ago. This time he won handsomely Florida. Okay, But this also will ultimately be decided at the courts, which way the courts will go. I don't know. So if everything, even Wisconsin, Michigan? See, it depends upon different, different cases. Honestly, if I was a Supreme Court judge, I will ask everybody, what are you so afraid about? Let's have a very transparent recount in all these states with observers, <laughs> neutral observers appointed by the court from both parties. Sit over there and see every vote that is legit of a living person of voting age should be counted. The dead, the minors, the illegal aliens don't count theirs. Are you ready for that? I'm going to tell you the Democrats will never be ready for that. The Republicans will say, yes, we are ready. So what are you so afraid of? Everybody is standing for truth and righteousness. That's the way it should be counted. Eligible voter. One, you are a citizen of US. I mean, think about India. Let me ask you, Peter is here. Peter, can you vote? No way. 
not because you are from Africa. There are a lot of people in Jharkhand who look exactly like you. Not because you need an election voter ID card. I don't understand why is the Democrats always fighting to vote without an ID. Always fighting for that without an ID. What is so difficult? We have given 120 crore people IDs here. What is so difficult in America with this money and the sophistication to give 350 million IDs? What is so difficult? Why will you not accept because an ID? Why will you not accept? Everybody has SS number in US. Why do you fight tooth and nail against ID? Because your votes many, many, that's how you got California. I would, I'm not a gambler, but using that terms, I would bet my last money. You have an ID election in California. The Democrats won't win. Mm-hmm. They won't win. And so in New York too. New York too. So in New York. Mm. You wouldn't dare to do that. Actual valid vote with ID. Genuine citizens who have come through the process either by birth or through legal immigration. Do it. You know. That's the issue. But nobody wants this truth. Nobody wants to talk about it. And the problem is they create this kind of violence and hangama for four years, you know. So that the people who are not strong, who are very weak, most of them are weak Christians, will say, it doesn't care, matter, let him just go, Biden be president, all we want is peace. No. <laughs> you know what that peace comes at? The cost of your freedom no. and your liberty. That's what God is taught. That's why we continuously preach the word of God so that your inner man is strong to face these battles. Mm. A lot of people cannot uh, handle this kind of pressure. They cannot handle the pressure because that's how the that's how the enemy works. You create so much noise and threats. And remember, every Gentile king who came to Israel, they threaten. Mm. They send these letters and mm. says, "This thing, this is what we will do and what we'll do." And all Israel is afraid. What do we do? Okay, let us give them. They open their treasury and give it everything. Tactics of the enemy has never, never changed. changed. That's what Goliath came and threatened, threatened, and you needed David to stand up. And says, I don't buckle. And you don't realize that this man is like a David. Though he doesn't, he's not a believer in the typical sense. He didn't buckle under pressure. He said, you can do whatever you want. I'm not going to give up. I'll fight it back. No. And we have to always root for people like that. Mm. Who is willing to fight the system. Until the end, he says, I'm an outsider. I'm, I'm not an outsider. I'm not, your I'm, I'm, not, mm. I'm not a politician. I'm fighting for you. And I, I like it. Because a lot of people say that, but they're all crooks. And this man is not a crook. Man is not a crook, okay? And I will tell you something as a as a father. Let me tell you. He's married three times. He's got kids from all three. But if you know on the caliber of a man, a caliber of a man, all his children are loyal to him. Respect him, yes. All his children from three different wives are loyal to him. I always had a little this thing about Tiffany. But when Tiffany came and spoke during the RNC convention, I said, okay, this kid also has come through. <laughs> Okay. I mean, they all hold their independent views and all that. But you know what? Their loyalty to their father cannot be questioned. All of them are loyal to their father. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? And they were loyal to your father when he was a uh, businessman. They're loyal to his father when he's a politician too. Okay. So you have to judge. Don't look at his marriage because that's a different issue. We don't know what happened and it's none of our business what happened. Okay. Look at the children. Look at the children. The children are stood by their father. Okay, stood up by the father. And they are not crooks. 
They all are successful people. They all making their own independent money. They all have their own businesses. They all doing very well, extremely well. All of them are millionaires. They went their father's way. They made their own money. And how did Hunter make his money? By hunting. <laughs> <laughs> you want to really compare? Let's compare. Let's compare. We don't want to go that route. Okay, I'm talking about America. What are you thinking? What are you listening? What are you watching? How are you making your judgments? So if Biden wins, this is my call. You deserve him. Yeah. Exactly. You deserve You deserve him. Exactly. I'll tell to the church in America, you deserve him. The praying, believing church, don't worry. God will cover you. Pharaoh can rule over Israel, over Egypt. Goshen will be safe. Just stay safe and continue praying. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Pastor, I think we should actually wind up. Wind up. Yes, because yes. it's the other question. It's nine o'clock. Yeah, it's... Uh, okay. So, mm. my call to the church is, the believing church is, don't give up until it is over. Don't give up until it is over. Like, no, I don't know. I still believe this is a battle and God has called us to join this battle because we are not fighting for President Trump to win the White House. That's part of it. But we are fighting that if he is there, he, we, like in the book of Samaria, uh, in the book of Acts, it says they had peace for a season mm-hmm. and the church grew and with the comfort of the Holy Spirit. My key was always this, that he already brought in so much peace in the world. Though all the people are shouting, nothing is actually happening. No wars are really happening. I was thinking that if he wins for another four years, we'll have a season of peace for the propagation of the gospel. A season of peace. I was, I was looking at that, a season of four years. We will get, or a, an ambience would have been created for you know, people need so people hear the message better when they are at peace. Mm. At peace, not when they are at peace, they listen, and that kind of a political atmosphere would have been created. And that's what I was praying for. And I still believing. I'm not believing. I'm 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 not, I'm not a prophet. I'm still believing God will do something. And it is our job to keep praying until there is a resolution, one way or other. Oh. We have to keep praying. Pastor, one one question before uh, we get yeah. wind up. So. Uh, when you're calling the believers to pray, I mean, um, how do you advise or rather uh, ask the believer if there is a contrary result? How do you take it? Because one of the things that I also constantly have as a block is if he loses, I get easily disheartened. So h- how do we handle that? I mean, how you know, that uh, whether he wins or loses in the kingdom of God keeps advancing. Hmm. Nothing stops the kingdom of other than your unbelief. The kingdom of God advances and people, violent people take control of it. That violence is in your prayer closet. Hmm. So we are not advancing the Republican Party because hmm. I don't like most of them either. I don't trust most of them either. Okay. So what we are advancing is the kingdom of God. So you have a political leader who helps in the advancement of the kingdom of God, then I would pray for him too. Yes. If Prime Minister Modi gives the freedom to preach the gospel in any town, any village, for the Christians, the Muslims, the Hindus to preach freely, I would pray for him too. I would fast and pray for him too. Any political leader in any country says, you have the freedom. I understand the liberty to speak. You have liberty to choose your clothes, your food, everything. And freedom of religion is a fundamentalist thing. Do it. And I will see that everybody is protected. Hmm. Just preach your gospel. Don't preach hate or anything. Just preach your gospel. I give it to you. I will pray for those leaders. That's the kind of leaders we want. That's what I'm talking about. And he's such a kind of a leader. 
such a kind of a leader. I know. And he's the only leader I know who gives you that kind of freedom. Nobody does. You know. And therefore, I ask the church, first thing to pray is pray. The fraud is brought to light. What has happened in their darkness and they are trying desperately to cover is brought to light. Only God can do it. No man can do it. God can do it. So Lord, expose it, Lord. Expose it, Lord. Expose it. And we pray, Lord, have mercy for them and us four more years, O Lord, to prepare. Give us four more years to put our houses in order, nations in order. Give us four more years and strengthen him. He doesn't deserve what he's getting. Exactly. Yeah. Not that's, not, that's not nice, the kind of stuff they and, say. And, I, and that's what I thought. He's, he's not a bad man. He's not a bad man. One of the things that I, is just, will, will not the judge of the whole world do right is a question it's that I always question. say is a question. Yeah, but he, no, he, he, he's doing. We don't see what he's doing. He's not a pleasing man. He's a good man. I was telling Pastor Vijay, good, pleasing <laughs> and uh, perfect. Everybody is good. Mm. But when you step to the pleasing, pleasing part is when the division comes. People yeah. hate you when you mm. try to please God. Everybody is good. Mm. And that way he's a good man. He's not a bad man. It's not a bad man. He's a good man. Okay. And the problem is they hate him because he tried to be without realizing he tried to be pleasing to God. He started sticking up for things which are important to God and they hate him for it. Hate him for it. Yes. Yes, we shall pray. And tomorrow is Sunday. Father, we just come to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. The kingdom of God reigns over all the kingdoms of men. Mm. You are the judge of all flesh. Yes, yes. Lord. You are in absolute control. I bring the church and I bring once again President Trump, the nation of US, which is on tenter hooks, O Lord, before thee, Lord. And by faith we plead the blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus over USA, Lord. From the White House on to every house. The blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. And we rebuke the powers of darkness and command them to take their hands off that nation. That nation is one nation under God. It is not under the enemy. It's under God. And for after so many years, we have one man who is at the head who is not ashamed to declare this is a nation under God. Publicly confesses it. The blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus is against you. And we pray every work of darkness connected with this election, every fraud, if it's either side, but God is not a respecter of persons. Every fraud will be exposed. Amen. Yes, Lord. The workers of iniquity will be exposed. They will be exposed. We pray, Lord, you will be, ex- they will be exposed. And righteousness will be restored in that nation again. For a season. Ultimately, we know everything will fall. But for a season. So that the next generation can be saved, O Lord. From drugs, from everything that holds them, enslaves them. I pray for, for a season. You give us peace, Lord. And I pray the church will awake. The sleeping church will awake and they will become a praying church of us. That your kingdom will come with power there and everywhere, God. We continue to proclaim, Lord, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, especially in USA, Lord, now in this situation and in President Trump's life, Lord. We commit him into thy hands. Bless him, strengthen him. Let him be at rest. 
Let him surrender the situation into thy hands and be at rest knowing God is in control of master. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We commit the rest of the night into thy hands. Be with us. Go before us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.